Thanks for tuning in to Voices in DevOps. If you enjoy this podcast, please check out John's reports and blogs on gigaohm.com, where he covers all things DevOps, data, and strategy, addressing many of the topics covered in Voices in DevOps. Hello and welcome to this episode of Voices in DevOps, where I'm here to speak to Gareth Rushgrove, who's got a a diverse set of experiences in the bag. Um, And I'll leave you to talk about all of that, uh, Gareth. But essentially, as you know, this, this series is about how we're looking to help enterprise organizations scale up their DevOps efforts. And um, and why don't we just start? Just tell us about yourself, uh, Gareth, and uh, what you've seen uh, in your career to date and how you ended up being on uh, a Voices in DevOps uh, podcast with me. I guess that that's uh, the question of the moment. Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks for having us, John. Uh, looking forward to chatting. Um, so yeah, I'm Gareth Ashgrove. I'm currently the uh, Director of Product Management at, at Sneak, uh, so basically a uh, small security uh, uh, software vendor. Um, prior to that, I was uh, basically working in product management at Docker before then, mainly on the engineering side in other places. Uh, but I was also a technical architect at the UK government for a number of years, uh, outside, like on the other side of the fence, if you like. Uh-huh. Um, so, Can you I say guess, which bit? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, so I worked for the Government Digital Service as part of the cabinet office um, for a number of years. I was involved quite heavily early on as uh, with GovUK. So that's the single domain in project in the UK. Um, I then ended up moving into doing more, I guess, just working with other uh, government departments uh, on infrastructure automation and information security. Uh, really sort of being part of that help with um, like digital transformation, adopting DevOps practices. Um, so, I, and before then, various of, I guess, like more software engineering roles, um, I fell into, I guess I've, I've always been a programmer of some sort, um, but I've generally liked the things around the edges. So uh, I've done a bunch of sort of, I guess, uh, automation, setting up CI systems uh, and, I did quite a bit of work and um, going back probably 10 years ago now um, with, I was the developer to, to a couple of other people. They were on the operation side. I didn't really know much about that. I was a developer looking to get my software deployed. Um, and I just built up a really good working relationship with them, learned a load. Um, and that ended up dovetailing with when uh, DevOps, the word was coined and the first DevOps days. Um, so I wasn't at the first one, but one of my colleagues I was working with, with was, was, he said, oh, you would have loved that. And I was uh, along at the second one in Hamburg. Um, and really sort of just part of that very early conversation um, that got brought together by the word DevOps. So you could comfortably say, I was that soldier. I sat in that room. Um, I had those conversations and I, I, I watched as they went, ah, we, c- we can get on with this guy. Um, um, and to some extent, I've made a lot, of, so at least some of the mistakes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the disadvantage, I guess, of being both a developer at certain times and an operator at certain times is I've, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes on both sides as I've learned the sort of practices around them, um, which I think is then useful when you're talking to people who are like knee deep in thorny problems that like you have some empathy for. Like the challenge they're they're trying to address. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's there, there's several directions we could we could take this conversation there because so um, you, you've got the background in in security, which uh, is still um, in a lot of uh, places the kind of the missing trough, if you like. Uh, I'd love to call it a link, but uh, putting putting DevOps putting security into the DevOps process is is still something that's kind of got to be force fitted um, sometimes. Uh, but you've also got that big organization and big governmental public organization um, experience, and then you were kind of uh, breaking down little walls of confusion of your own um, at, in the very early days. So you've seen DevOps go from a a thing that people were talking about because it was a good idea to a thing that everyone's talking about because everyone else is talking about it and uh, and trying to do it. So there's number. How would you like to? What what do you see? I guess as the uh, out out of all of that when you're working with other organizations today, where things are at in, yeah, in good, terms? Good question. I, I, I guess that I, similar to the sort of the evolution, evolution of DevOps itself, I mean, it wasn't that there was this word DevOps and suddenly people started talking about uh, uh, infrastructure automation or developers and operators working together. Um, it was those things were starting to happen anyway. They were starting to happen in individual organizations. They were starting to happen with sort of passionate open source developers. And they were starting to happen in large organizations, but it was mainly separate. Um, like you've got those conversations happening in lots and lots of places, but there's not one place for it to come together. And that's what the sort of, I guess, like the DevOps word and DevOps banner and the DevOps community built up to. And honestly, I still see that happening today. Um, like terms always uh, like like cross through that so well not always like successful terms cross over that barrier of like uh, now everyone's talking about it because that everyone needs to be talking about DevOps apparently um, and some people get quite cynical about that because they're like what does DevOps mean um, the reality is that compared to five years ago six years ago seven years ago like more people today are talking about the need for development operations to work together fundamentally, the, the need to automate the, the, the patterns that we see that allow us to go faster um, without sacrificing security, without sacrificing uh, like safety. Um, and I, I, I just think it's grown, we're, we're having the same conversations and that's a good thing. Uh, because they're reaching more people. So that's that's an interesting um, philosophical difference uh, compared to some of the people I've, I've uh, discussed DevOps with. Um, in that you're you're saying I've just got to play this through in my head and make sure I remember it all. You're you're, you're saying that you know this need for um, um, I like what you said there patterns to move faster without sacrificing cer certain elements. Uh, so to get the two sides to to work together. That's a very um, both sides of the divide kind of uh, way of presenting it. Whereas some of the people I've spoken to have come much more from the developer side and said, uh, you know, if we're going to work faster, we need to we need to bring the ops people on board. Um, yeah. So, so that's actually, and, and I think when we think about what we're what we're trying to do with enterprises, it is about. Uh, aligning with the conversations 
maturing within those enterprises rather than bringing it in as a, a big new thing? Yeah, I, I've so I've seen uh, and spoken to people who've said, "Oh, DevOps is driven. It's a it's a plot by developers um, uh, to sort of to get rid of the operations people." I've also seen operations people saying, "Oh, it's a it's a like it's a like I've seen the opposite where it's a plot by the ops people to take to control developers." Um, and I've seen developer I've seen DevOps events where it's been mainly about developer conversations. I've seen uh, DevOps events where it's mainly been about operations conversations. Um, and some of this is just about, it's, it's very local, and that might be local events, it might be local companies. Who is driving this in your organization turns out to be really interesting. Um, like who's driving the change? In large organizations, sometimes that's who's got the budget, who's got the political capital to make this change. Um, I think where DevOps works, it's fundamentally about acknowledging it a bit more of a, yes, there are specialisms, yes, there are skills, yes, there are separate budgets or separate organizations, but we're better off individually and collectively if we work together. Um, and so some of it is giving up some of that, I'm an operator, I'm a developer, sort of, I guess, sort of tribalism um, in pursuit of like, what does our company do? What does our organization do? That's the primary driver. That's funny. I, I was speaking to, as you do, um, it's a bit like when you speak to someone, you say, oh, I work with computers. And they say, what printer should I buy? Um, but I was speaking to someone uh, uh, who, who works for a utility at Running Club last night, and, and he said, uh, so we're, we're looking to uh, expand our use of DevOps across the organization. <laughs> I thought, I'm trying to have a run here, you know. So, um, but um, uh, the, uh, the, the, he, he was asking me things, and then uh, there was one moment he said, because they. And I said, there's your problem. Yeah. Uh, how how can you get above that? Because they and yeah, who who's above it that kind of can see it as a we thing rather than a they thing, and it wasn't just a kind of waffly thing that someone says. Um, he 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 absolutely engaged with that and said, Do you know what? That's absolutely it. Yeah. Um. Um. And and often organisations have like often for quite like reasonable reasons at the time. Uh, structured themselves in such a ways that you build those barriers, you build those like incentives that literally pit people further down the organizational tree against each other. Um, and I think appreciating those incentives are often like, why is someone working like that? Oh, it's because literally that's how they're, that's how they grow as a person. They've been told that's how they reach the next level in their career. And not because it affects you, but because that's the thing you're optimizing for. Um, I think if you can have, if you can go visit uh, like people in your organization on the other side or the, the who are you perceive as other, um, organizationally, structurally, like uh, sort of socially, like and ask asking them why you, like what are your incentives? What are the main things you're trying to optimize? Um, it's the classic ops, de ops developer thing of like, the operations people want to uh, maximize stability and the developers want to maximize uh, velocity. And if you don't acknowledge that those two things are in opposition, you're, they're going to, you have incentivized your two bits of your organization to ultimately never get on. Um, so I think incentives are, are, are high as a management thing are a big part of 
embracing DevOps in especially in larger organizations. Uh, smaller organizations, it's true, but those people probably sit next to each other. In larger organizations, they, you, you, there is probably several layers of hierarchy between you and the people setting those incentives. Yeah, different building, um, different sites, whatever. It's uh, and I was thinking the security pe security people are there to enforce policy as well, which is another dimension to it. Um, and the DevOps banner, I think, has been like just something where people can come and talk about their different incentives and try and build some things together, um, uh, including the security community. Um, I, the very early DevOps events definitely had no one from security. Um, just wasn't, they weren't in the room. Um, similarly, they weren't in the room with as those people went back to their organizations. Um, it was maybe three years in or so, like sort of seven, eight years ago, um, when early in inquisitive security people started showing up at some of the dev DevOps events. and that was the topic that was suddenly really interesting uh, in those events. Maybe like uh, chaos test, chaos engineering is today, is sort of, or observability is today. Uh -huh. um, uh, we've seen, I guess, over the last ten years of having that banner, having that lens, and security was definitely like is still critically important. But it wasn't till maybe five six years ago when people really started showing up to have those joint conversations. Was a, it was almost um, given where it's coming from. I, I, I was doing this sort of stuff in the 90s when uh, when Dev and Ops were certainly not talking to each other. Um, and if they were, it was all a bit fraught. And just getting them to talk to each other was, you're not done, but it, boy, was <laughs> you just need to fall back and regroup and kind of uh, um, uh, get, get your breath back before then moving on to, to other stakeholder groups. Uh, we used to talk, I mean, it was DSDM days, we used to talk about uh, multifunctional teams, but I'm pretty confident that we didn't have a security person in that team. And yeah, I mean, I think, it, and it's still true of lots of organizations today. And I, I, and I don't think, again, like people need to feel bad about that. I think the acknowledging that wouldn't it be great if they were there? Um, I think that's the, that's the mental model uh, change. And where I've seen that like work, um, suddenly the security people are in demand. They're, be, they're, be, they're, they're having things brought to them and, and their problems change from uh, like being playing whack-a-mole after the fact to going, there are too many things, there are too many people asking for my time here. Um, and it can really, I wouldn't see a sea change there. So given everything that you said, is, is given how, um, I won't say given everything that you said, I will say given how you've said that uh, different organizations will see it more as a kind of developer thing or an operations thing or a, um, uh, a, a top-down thing or a, yeah, where's the budget, et cetera, et cetera. Does it really, should all organizations be trying to do DevOps or should all organizations be just trying to evolve in the right direction um, and you could put a digital transformation hat on some of this, but just get to a state where they're working together better and more agile and so on and so forth. And DevOps just kind of naturally falls out of that, their uh, own blend of DevOps. How does it work? Yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, I would say most all, all, all organizations would surely benefit to a certain extent of like having empathy across roles and working together more closely. I think it's, it, it's easy to say that it's also like, what does that actually mean on the ground? I think it's easy to be cynical there. Um, 
to me, to a certain degree, that is like you're you're like doing that really is DevOps. And it's like that cultural aspect of it. Um because that's probably the more that's that's the bit that is often more ignored in a pursuit of the other, I guess, uh, sort of properties of I I quite like the sort of uh CAMS um sort of description of DevOps, if you like, the sort of culture automation measurement and sharing. Um organizations are like I mean, ultimately metrics and automation are can be tricky, but most organizations will have some pursuit of those. Um most people are not today saying we shouldn't automate these things. They might saying, oh, it's expensive to automate these things. We're automating these things first. But most of them are not, in my experience, completely anti-automation. Um, in a similar way, most are not anti-collection of metrics and, and actually measure, measuring things. Um, again, there's, there's, the DevOps community has a lot of material, and so do others, about improving those things. But if you combine them with a culture that really emphasizes sharing, to me, that is just DevOps. Like um, whether you're doing the long list of different practices that different people like espouse. Um, so I think DevOps avoids the peril here by being like un undetailed and unspecified mm. uh, in comparison to something like um like an agile process or a an SRE sort of more opinionated take on this. Mm. Um, I think when it comes to the opinions, uh, there is no universal. Everyone should be doing X. So I, I, I'm a fan of agile for all sorts of different like development activities, but it's not the panacea. It's not the only thing you should ever do. What's your problem? And um, if agile is the solution, it's great. Um, SRE similarly a much more opinionated take on. Uh, like the sort of higher level DevOps practices. Um, uh, again, that's very suitable in some organizations. Maybe it's too much in others. Um, DevOps, I think, is such a broad banner. Um, to me, is just a word under which we have all these conversations about like this sort of space. Um, that has downsides, but I do think it makes it universally that you should be adopting some of those things. So um, is, is it a journey or a state of mind? Oh, um, I, I, I mean, to me, it's a banner. It's just, it's, it's the, ba it's the, it's the sign under which we have these conversations at the moment in time. Um, at some point that will, uh, the, the banner will move to something else. It's just a pointer. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a destination, certainly. Um, uh, and I guess a state of mind isn't a, bad description um I, I generally just describe it as the sort of yeah the, the banner under which we have the conversations that are happening at the moment and it's yeah so it's more setting the direction than than getting to the place yeah um, absolutely um so with that in mind i mean that that all just got very very philosophical so. <laughs> um in your experience in order i mean is it just a case of literally sort of printing something out on a big piece of cloth and, and sticking it at the front of the building um or given your background with, with the Docker side of things, with the automation CICD side of things, et cetera, what are the, what are the things that catalyze the ability to move yeah. within that banner, be up below that banner um, that I, I, just do? Yeah. I, I think some of it comes down to, uh, I mean, like you need concrete things at the end of the day. And that's where the sort of tool 
come in. Um, so f ultimately, finding tools that cross boundaries. Um, I guess the pathological case is when uh, your security team buy separate tools um, for, and, and they'll do it under a banner of like uh, SIAML. And your operations team buys monitoring tools. Uh, again, separate budget, separate organization. The overlap in the tools is actually quite large, but the presentation of the information might be different for a different audience. And, and your developers now have application level monitoring from a different, and suddenly you've got, you're all using separate tools that overlap quite a bit. And the fact you're using separate tools means you don't have to collaborate. You don't have to, you don't have a way of collaborating across data, even though that's security data about the applications you're running on your infrastructure. Um, I think sharing tools um, brings people together in the same way as uh, like sharing physical space brings people together. Um, you suddenly see things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Oh, look, my application is not just that the front end is being responsive, but actually, uh, look, the back end uh, process is taking up too much disk space or like that. I, I, oh, look, the, uh, the cluster it's running on, um, why, why do we need this much capacity versus this other application that another team is running? Um, I think shared tooling um, helps. Uh, like continuous integration, I think, is, is often at the heart of that um, because it's, it's one place where the pipeline metaphor can really be useful for um, a shared set of tooling and, and different teams, different types of teams, injecting things into a, to a shared pipeline over which we're deploying software. So the security team introducing security checks as just a step in a pipeline. Suddenly that's, well, th that like they're not trying to take over your application. They're injecting something that's useful to everyone. And it's visible to everyone, but it's about addressing the security team needs um, or providing information to the developers. And so I think shared tooling is super important. Uh -huh. uh, monitoring, visibility tooling, logging tooling, similarly. Um, uh, but I think a lot of that when it comes to the software delivery side, uh, continuous integration is just sort of a key. Like, like if you have that and you have that shared across the different disciplines in your organization, and that might be service management people, that might be um, like asset inventory, that might be the security teams, the operations teams, the developers. You can have these conversations in often in code in a shared setting versus, oh no, that's like, that's the only the development team have access to this tool, only the operations team have access to this tool. I mean, that's sort of making it very delivery centric. Um, and as you say, you know, operations is you know, fantastically important, but and all that monitoring and, and, and so on. But um, uh, first thing you need to do is, is, is streamline how you deliver with, with everyone as part of that streamlined delivery, I think I think it depends where, like, what, what the pain point is in your organization. And uh, there are organizations that are right, like the priority is um, delivering new uh, functionality and features um, or whole new services. There are all and and where all of those services are, are actually have an active development team, and that development team is in house. Um, but there's also organizations where actually the majority of the work they're doing is is running software and a lot and actually the majority of that software isn't even first party it's third party um so i think it do, I, I think all of these 
um, sort of shared tool sets benefit like like whichever end of that spectrum you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but where you start, I think, depends on your like your starting point. If you are actually starting new applications um, and you're do, you're sort of undergoing that sort of digital transformation, and maybe you're insourcing, you're seeing a lot of that at the moment mm-hmm. uh, back in house. Then, like step one, get a get a continuous integration set up in place. Share that across your different disciplines and have the conversation in code and configuration about what's in the pipeline with everyone. Um, because you can then have a really reasoned debate about what things there. If you're mainly running things, I would say start with monitoring, start with logging, um, uh, and again, like having the visibility into what's happening um, uh, that can be used for debugging applications, uh, capacity planning. It can be used for security analysis. Um, have one thing, uh, like one source of the data. There, that might be the best place to start. And obviously there are there are others. I think it's contextual. Excellent. And, and uh, uh, this this is not a completely glib question, but it's going to come across like one. Uh, surely the answer is microservices uh, for everything, and then uh, it's uh, the the tooling fits with the architecture and the targets, and people just need to align around that. A. Oh, uh, so again, I I don't think there's Generally speaking, one size fits all. Um, especially where, especially in that case of, look, we're not actually building loads of software; um, we're just running third-party software. Um, so, for, and in that sense, your, and, and I guess this is one of those things where, certainly as a developer earlier in my career, I, mean, I just knew the software I was building, and I thought about the software I was building, and I knew other uh-huh. teams adjacent to me were building software. Um, and actually, you, then you would talk to the operations people, and they'd be like, "We're running a hundred different applications, and we have to care about many different things." And I think the the trade-offs there are different. And if you think about microservices and individual teams going, "Oh, I've gone from managing and writing one application to write to splitting that into five or six services," um, that is amplified on the operations side. Mm. Um, and so that I think there's all there are. There are operational advantages to that, but there are disadvantages as well. And I think uh, in organizations which are embracing a sort of you build it, you run it type approach where you're pushing the operational responsibilities down to the development teams themselves and with often assistance from operators and security uh, teams. In that world, ultimately, the trade-offs are like the trade-offs you're making from an architecture and development point of view. You're bearing the cost of them as well, and that can work really well because you you create the services that work for the domain that make it easy to develop and deploy them independently. But you're bearing the operational cost, so you understand that it's not free. Um, I think if you have a disconnected organization and that do- that doesn't get on, um, that hasn't really built up that like relationship yet. Um, microservices can just make that worse. Um, suddenly, instead of uh, throwing over the wall um, like one thing every six months, I'm now throwing a hundred things every day. And from yeah, the operation gone, side, it's gone from granite blocks to tennis balls, isn't it? Um, well, and like tennis balls fired by a cannon um, <laughs> at a, a sort of a, a, from multiple different angles at a rate that you, like that's going on 24/7. So I think I'd, I'd just like to say for the record, I I 
I uh, apologize for putting that in, and I in no way think that the whole yeah. answer microservices, but um, it was a, it was a good way to ask the question. Yeah, I think, and and I think that's the thing with all of the um, there are patterns and practices around the DevOps community that actually are absolutely the right thing to be knowledgeable about and interested in and consider in your organization. Um, and I think ask, and asking and answering questions like that is an important way of people realizing, put it in your context, um, understand the problems that it's, it's solving, and then say, do you have those problems? Or is that the most important problem we should solve first? Awesome. I think uh, that's possibly a good point to leave it on, um, which was which was absolutely excellent. Um, and uh, so, what have we learned? It's about uh, understanding the needs of your own organisation. It's about uh, not trying to apply sort of DevOps as a kind of a conceptual thing, but working with it as a banner uh, below which um, you should be migrating. Um, things that you actually understand and know about. I hate the word should, by the way. I mean should in the context of yeah. don't try and do it the wrong way. Uh, do it the easy way. Um, and uh, we, we've we've learned that uh, it's about getting that uh, continuous integration in place and sharing that across uh, different parts of the organization and building out from there. Yeah. Have I missed anything? No, I, I think it is that it's, like, especially to start with, focus on individual practices. Mm -hmm. um, uh, whether that is like getting really good at continuous in, like integration, get like becoming really good at deployment, um, becoming really good at monitoring, um, becoming really good at securing your applications, becoming really good at sort of asset management, like pick pick practices that represent problems and focus on those and do them like be knowledgeable about what's going on in the DevOps community and the conversation around those things that's happening. Um, don't just do it how you've always done it. Um, but actually, yeah, it's about, it's the practices that will move you forward, not doing DevOps. Awesome. Gareth, thank you so much for your time. Um, and uh, everyone listening out there, if you've got any questions at all for us, um, do, do send them over. You know, you know where to find us on, on, on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. But it remains for me to say, yeah, no, really appreciate it. Any, any last, last glib, single sentence uh, for, for, from yourself? Oh, um, I think that uh, don't be too cynical um, about the benefits of like, uh, of people talking about empathy and talking to each other. Um, uh, there's just a load of things to learn, and it's generally speaking quite interesting at the same time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gareth uh, and uh, Gareth Rushgrove. And uh, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, speak to you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in DevOps, please check out the other ones. Scaling DevOps for the Enterprise is the focus of a recent report John wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about how digital transformation is evolving, download the single report, or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on IT operations and business strategies.